Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good morning, afternoon, and or evening, Iowa. Happy Monday or Tuesday, Iowa. Um. Hey, how about Happy New Year? Happy New Year. I thought that's where you were going with that, but... Dang. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We're just a little off our game. It's no big deal. <laughs> I don't know like if that's the case. It just feels like it's been a while since we've done done a little podcast. Last time we recorded was um, Christmas Eve. We're back to the old closet. Back to the old grind. What the cluttered it? closet. It is 849 early. 849. It is early for us. Dax is still in Florida time. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> kind of. We were up before the sun was this morning. That's okay. We got a lot done. We were productive. That's true. Nobody um, cares about our productivity, though. Mm-mm. Nope. We're rambling. <laughs> so, a Citrus Bowl, tis over, and we didn't get the dub, unfortunately. Um, I guess we're gonna we're gonna sort through it. We're gonna go through it. Maybe I'm going to put you on the spot. Shall we do like an offense defense? break it down that way or shall we do like the good the the not so great and maybe something you can explain you know what's funny is i asked you about this before the show and now you're gonna put it back on me on the show i know um and right before we started recording you said do you know what you want to do and i said i'll figure it out and little did you know here we are you're figuring it out um actually i kind of want to just kind of work our way through the game okay does that make sense Mm -hmm. um so, I think the underlying theme of kind of the game was not being able to finish and a little bit of inconsistency. Okay. Do you think you'd agree with the, both those statements? Yes. Because I do think we did some good things. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Gavin Williams and LaShawn Williams, they run hard. Yeah, I noticed. Almost literally every time they fell forward. For young guys. Mm-hmm. That's not something that you saw a ton with Tyler Goodson. He was definitely willing to lower his shoulder, but these dudes, they wanted contact. Yeah, and I thought it was funny because every time they said, oh, Gavin Williams, oh, and here comes LaShawn Williams, they'd say, they're not related, by the way. (laughs) They said that a lot, which I thought was funny. The Williams brothers, that's what they're going to be referred to as, though. Oh, If If they they become a one-two punch. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Go ahead. Um, And they didn't dance around the hole. I mean, they were guys that were just flying downfield and it really helped our offensive line in the second half. But in the first half, um, you know, I mean, we, we got ourselves first play of the game. We go 12 yards. It's great. Great job. I love throwing the ball early and I think it's something to get Laporta the ball. By the way, Laporta is the dude. <laughs> he, he kind of, uh, he kind of reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger in a way. Laporta reminds no, you of stop. Ben. Stop. Oh, no. Just let me finish, okay? Hoofda. Sorry, Sam. Let me finish. It's not what you think. <laughs> it's, it's only because um, when you see their pictures, you wouldn't think football player. That's the only reason. What would you think? Anything else. <laughs> I'm just saying. Either way, he's... Fantastic players, obviously. Well, anyway. I think it's I think it's something to say. Like I talked about a lot that we needed an alpha in the receiver room, but it came out of the tight end room. Yeah, and the alpha. Well, the alpha that had kind of started to emerge a little bit. Keegan Johnson got hurt in the middle of the week, so 
I mean, him not in the game, we saw Regani get a lot more reps, Charlie get a lot more reps, Arling get a lot more reps. I mean, those were the three. And, like, when I played, I mean, we had three or four guys that ran the whole time, but this year it's been, like, five or six that have found the rotation. So this game felt more like of what it could have been all year, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you have a core. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what it should have been, question mark? Yeah. The tough part is, though, I mean, you move guys around, and Arlen blocking on the outside, like, we hit that quick, or we were trying to hit a quick bubble, but um, throw was errant, but... Arlen Bruce is not necessarily the guy I want blocking on the outside. Keegan Johnson is the guy I want blocking on the outside. Out of the three, I mean, you probably want the ball in Charlie's hands, so Nico's the most experienced. I would expect him to be on the outside blocking. Um, but, I mean, I like the fact that we were at least willing to throw that kind of stuff, but you got to be aware of the coverage that you're throwing into. But uh, Laporta's blocking on Arlen's touchdown was phenomenal. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, he came from the other side of the field. It was an end around Arlen, and then uh, Laporta took out his guy, the one guy that could have made the play, and then Arlen basically walked in for 20. Don't know what the dance was. Um, <laughs> that was uh, something. <laughs> it must be some kind of like a trendy thing right now that we're just not hip to. It was, uh, it was an interesting one. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. But either way, touchdowns <laughs> is touchdown, so that was good. Um, I guess I'm kind of going with the offense here. I guess uh, that's kind of what it turned into. Okay. The more that I'm talking. Um, but when I talk about not being able to finish, third and two early in the game, we had like a like a mesh concept between Regani and Laporta, and Spencer threw it in between them. And that happened like multiple times. There were two or three times where Spencer like threw it in between two guys. Mm. And I don't know if that's him overshooting the far guy or excuse me overshooting the near guy or undershooting the far guy or just not knowing who he's going to throw to and then just duds it in the middle yeah so that's really unfortunate because we had an opportunity there to extend the drive and keep going we were mm-hmm. 0 for 4 for third down in the first quarter in the first half Man. you're not going to win many football games doing that yeah hmm. i feel like in the first half um it was kind of the offense that we had been seeing all season-ish, sort of-ish. And then second half, we came out and, and switched it up a little bit. It seemed like we were rolling a little bit better. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's because our offensive line got after it. Okay. And I think part of it is because our running backs were running downhill. I think any time that the guys up front know exactly what they're going to get from the running back, I think it helps. Because I think what some guys don't understand is like, there's an inside zone and your running back tries to, let's say it's a dive play and your running back tries to bounce it outside, and there's a holding call, that's the running back's fault. Hmm. Like, uh, this I is just kind of... Yeah, so this is just kind of a, a, a just a thing of what the linemen expect. Linemen expect you to go up the middle, so your tackle is trying to keep his guy out, so that way you go in. But if the running back goes out, and you're trying to keep your guy out, and then your guy tries to pull away from you, it's going to look like a hold because the running back went to where he's not supposed to be. Oh, okay. Now, sometimes there's no hole, so he has to bounce it. Like, don't get me wrong, there's definitely nuance in it, but there's definitely things that your lineman expects your running back to do on certain plays, and that helped with Gavin and LaShawn that were just running downhill, and it's nice to see. And the offensive line was able to tee off because of it. And, you know, you talk about durability and talk about bowl games and opting out. Tyler Lunderbaum actually uh, went to the tent there for a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, a few plays later, he just came right back in, which I feel like is kind of a, a testament to to who he is as as a player. Just loves the game of football. Um, and, you know, I feel like with the with the whole, I think you mentioned this, but the opting out of, of bowl games and such. I mean, this was an opportunity really for for Tyler to show kind of what he's made of, I guess. 
Yeah, just kind of an interesting thing, player to player, of course, and that's why there's there's nuance, you know, within that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, yeah, so it's just tough as far as like the rest of the offense. Like I said, I think the offensive line played well, um, but we were just a little bit too inconsistent. You know, I mean, we got inside the five, or I think we got to the five yard line, and then a false start. Um, so we had, we end up kicking a field goal. It's like, okay, well that's no points. And then we go down to the red zone later going down there, uh, coming away with no points. It wasn't an interception. It was actually a fourth and one that we fumbled the snap on a QB sneak. I mean, that's not something that happens. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're the best in the country at QB sneaks. I mean, arguably. Um, but it's like, couldn't finish, you know? And that's, I think that's kind of the biggest thing that that's tough. Um, but part of it too, you know, they were talking to, uh, now don't get me wrong. Spencer did have some good throws. He had a good throw to Laporta going across the middle. We ran so many bootlegs. Um, one of them was Spencer or, uh, Laporta going across the field. It was really reminiscent to Nico against Penn state. You know, he kind of went across and then came back and he hit Laporta. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely good stuff there, but it's just not often enough that we're able to hit those. Uh, so two times in the red zone, we come away with three points. You can't do that against a good opponent, let alone a good SEC opponent. Um, and then we get a great drive. I thought we had a good drive there at the end of the first half trying to get points, but again, couldn't finish. Um, good drive at the end of the game with an opportunity to win it, uh, tie it or win it, going down and we get free pressure you know, whether or not it was a line that was supposed to pick it up or the running back was supposed to pick it up. Regardless, somebody came free. Um, and I don't know if we were supposed to ha- have a hot route on that side. I don't know. I'm not sure where Spencer was throwing the football. Um, but those are mistakes you can't make. You got a timeout in the pocket if you have to take a sack there. Sometimes you get beat. Sometimes the, the they just have the right play call for what you're doing. Sometimes you got to eat it. He had his running back in the middle of the field, so I'm not sure if he was trying to look at Lachey running down the seam or if he was... You know, I, I'm not sure what he was doing there. Um, but again, get to the end of the game, couldn't finish. There were a couple of deep balls. There was one where I'm pretty sure Nico was grilling burgers. He was so open, but um, unfortunately couldn't hit him. And like that kind of inconsistency is just one of those things that uh, in order to get to 11 wins and to be, you know, uh, more than just Big Ten West champions, I think you're going to have to see it. You're going to have to see more consistency and you're going to have to finish. So Matt, what... What do you attribute that to? That's a good question. You know, um, I don't know if it's just coaching. I don't know if it's players. I don't know if it's culture. I don't know any of that kind of stuff. Um, It's tough, though, when there's a lot of outside noise, you know, and I think that a lot of people are saying a lot of negative things. And I think that, you know, those kinds of things can, they can affect you if you want it to, you know, if you pay attention to it. But you really got to pay attention to the to the guys that are in the huddle, the guys that are in the building. And if those guys have trust in you and you have trust in what you're doing because you earned your way there, I think that's the biggest thing. And sometimes if there's a little bit of self-doubt that creeps in, not saying there is, but it definitely can happen. Um, you know, realizing that the coaches have trust in you to play, your your teammates have trust in you to, to go out and execute. Um, I think that goes a long way versus... Uh, Versus that kind of self-doubt that's sitting there waiting for you to make a mistake. Yeah, no, I get that. And football is such a mental game, you know? I mean, everything's mental when you really think about it. When you've got that self-doubt, it can it, it can get you. 
Well, and it comes down to control what you can control. Yeah. You know, I mean, noise is stuff that you can't control. And I think that's one thing, just taking it back to Dax, like we always seem to do, like as new parents, we kind of talk about like, what do we want our kid to know? Or what do we want to teach them? What's super important? I think one of the biggest things that you and I have talked about and um, really agreed on and, and thought about a lot is that you can literally only control yourself. Um, For sure. And listening to the things that other people have to say, um, and the, especially the people that their opinions really don't matter. Um, it does nothing for you because you can't change the way somebody else is acting. The only thing that you can control and the only thing you can, can you can change, I guess, is your first of all, your perception and second, your reaction. Right. Or lack thereof. Um, and so I don't know. I think I think that's one of the bigger things, too. And when, when it comes to like social media and, and all of the, the critique and the things um, you know, that everyone likes to talk about, um, yeah, I think it's super important just to just to really control you. Again, it's it's you that goes into the building. You're the one that earned the spot there, whether you're a coach or a player. You're in the opportunity to be at the University of Iowa or any other university. You know, Tyrone's moving on to University of Purdue. Best of luck to him, you know, here in that. And so now it's about taking care of your stuff each and every day. And again, that's what you can do. That's it. 100%. Obviously, I mean, I don't know if this is obvious, but we weren't there. Um, we were in a different part of Florida. Um, but I was looking at the pictures. I think it was the Hawkeye huddle. Um, and that was, I've been to that specific spot before for a different huddle. Um, but all the fans like line up on this balcony and down the steps and, you know, watch the whole deal and everything. And it was so cool to see how many people showed up. Um, and I mean, Hawk fans in the winter, let's be honest, we travel well, especially to um, a warm state. So it was really cool to see that many people show up. And I don't know, you know, I love the huddles. It's a lot of fun. So, um, okay, we've talked a lot about offense. What do you got for me on defense? I'll tell you what, defense, first half, you know, I mean, they kind of Again, it's tough because we couldn't quite finish what we needed to. Um, the one the one that I'm thinking of in particular, first of all, Zach Van Valkenburg had himself a game. Mm-hmm. Now, they moved their guard. I think their starting tackle was out, so they moved. They bumped their guard out to tackle, which I told James I wouldn't give him another shout-out on this show, but James <laughs> Daniels, uh, obviously a center, now a, a guard in the NFL. But uh, again, in the Rose Bowl, he played tackle. And he can tell you that it is very different playing tackle from it is playing inside. Mm. Uh, Boone moved around a lot too. Boone Myers, I'll give you a shout out. But like, (laughs) so those two guys can tell you how different it is. And Zach Van Van Valkenburg took full uh, advantage of that. His hands were so quick. I mean, the announcer was loving how quick his hands were. Um, But the, the, the one sequence that I'm talking about, it was first and 10. They were driving. I think it was their second drive or something. Um, and we get a sack. Van Valkenburg gets like an eight-yard sack. Second play, Joe Evans gets like an eight-yard sack. It's third and 26, and we give up a first down. We're running two-man defense behind it, which two-man is essentially everybody's man-to-man, um, except for the two safeties. They basically have a half of the field. They can kind of read the quarterback and go from there. Um, and so Dane Belton's playing what we call catch technique, which essentially you're waiting at five yards, and then you're going to turn and run with them. Now, if you're the corner in this instance, so Dane Belton, um, you know that you've got help over the top, so you play in what we call a trail technique. Um, so essentially you play kind of on his downfield hip, if that makes like the the you just want to play just underneath him. So that way the quarterback has to try and weave a ball in between you and the safety. Okay. Well, when you're in two man, like I said, the the safeties are responsible for their halves. So they back up kind of like a cover two and then they read and go. 
Well, Wandale Robinson is very fast. <laughs> and we knew going in that he was their dude. So they lined him up at number three. Dane is playing a catch technique. Wandale pushes him inside, gives him a little uh-uh, gives him a little move. Dane freezes his feet. Wandale goes vertical. Now, the tough thing is, is normally you want to play inside leverage on this catch technique because you want them to go outside. Because if they go inside, there's nobody in the middle of the field. Well, Dane tries to stay inside, but Wandale gives him enough of a move to beat him inside, and they convert on third and 26. I mean, that's that's a very tough thing, and they end up scoring on that drive. So, I mean, like, those kinds of little things, like, we're so close. We do a lot of really, really, really good things. It just comes down to, to finishing at the very end. But Zach Van Valkenburg had himself a game. Yeah, on top of that, uh, Jamar Harris. Which, what did they call him? They on called TV? him Jeremy. One one <laughs> one announcer called him Jeremy. The other one made a point that anytime we talk about him, to say Jamari. Ah, gotcha. Oh. But anyway, uh, yeah, Jamari, not Jeremy, had a great game. They, um, yeah, I, I thought he played phenomenal. He had an interception, which on fourth and ten, just pat the ball down. <laughs> you don't need to lose ten yards of field position, but I get it. I mean, you're fighting for the ball. At the very least, you make sure that the receiver doesn't make the catch. Um, but then uh, earlier in the game, they ran this quick bubble to Wandale, and he like he like dipped his shoulder. He basically dipped and ripped, kind of like what you would do on like a pump block around the block. Hit Wandale as soon as he hit, as soon as the ball touched him, and it was incomplete. Like those little things are great because normally corners don't want to hit. So the fact that Jamari Harris was flying around uh, really, really liked what uh, what he brought to it. But. So the interception, I hate to go back to offense, but we do the interceptions, fourth and 10. He picks it off. It's a great momentum change. We're up 17-13. There's four minutes left in the game, and we go three and out in 25 seconds. Sheesh. I mean, we make Kentucky use their timeouts. I get the point of it, but it's fourth and one, and we go out there, and we do all the shifting, and we do all that stuff to try and draw them off. It reminded me a lot of the Big Ten Championship in 2015 when it was fourth and one right around midfield, you're winning. You have an opportunity to go for it to try and do something. Your defense is playing great. I get playing field position. I absolutely get it, especially when your defense is playing the way they are. But I'm an offensive guy. You know, I'm 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 always biased to go for it. So in fourth and one there, again, just like in 2015, we wanted to go for it at midfield. I think it's kind of the same thing that I think you trust your offensive line. I think you trust your guys and try and have the offense put it away because as many times as we turned it over or we turned it over on downs, our defense is almost always ready to bend, not break. And um, not only that, but we would have gotten more time, I think, uh, uh, to come back, which... We had, I think, a minute and a half, minute 45 uh, to come back and win the game. But um, it's just one of those things, again, offensive guy, I'd rather take care of it on our side rather than having to leave it up to to anybody else. Um, One final thing that I'll talk about there at the very end, you know, I talked about, we'll talk about the end of the game. Uh, So Wondell Robinson catches um, basically like a 54-yarder, gets down at the one-yard line or two-yard line, whatever it is, and they end up punching it in. Uh, It's like a scissors concept. So essentially, we had Dane Belton out there who was trying to go underneath. Riley Moss playing over the top. And like a scissors concept means that they had, it's scissors, it's sail, it's, you know, depending upon what you're in, it's a concept where number one, which again is a guy closest to the sideline, is running a big post. And guy number two is running a corner or a deep out or something like that, essentially to make the corner in the safety trade off. Mm. Okay. 
But the flat defender is Dane Belton, and he's just going to continue to gain depth unless there's a reason for him to come up. So what they did was they threw somebody out in the flat. He's not getting the ball, but they threw him out in the flat to keep Dane Belton close to the line of scrimmage. And so when Riley turned his hips to run with the post, right after that is when Wandale came out. There's nobody there. Dane again had to come up. So... There was the hole in the defense. Will Levis found it, which, again, another Big Ten actually transfer from Penn State. So a Penn State to Nebraska guy being able to connect and um, kind of make that big play. So that's the concept there. And then we have an opportunity, and we are cruising down the field. Um, You know, I really liked the way that we were moving the football there. We changed it up a little bit with some some da-da-da-da and some da-da-dee-dee. The office reference, but like it's just some stuff like that. I thought it was great. Um, but then we get to the end, and like I said, we let it let a free rusher go. And anytime a free rusher go, I mean, that clock gotta be spinning at the quarterback's head of I gotta get the ball out now. Um, just unfortunately, an errant pass, great play by them, and you gotta give Kentucky credit. They had the right play call at the right time. 48 seconds left. It's tough. You got one timeout. I mean, I understand you don't want to take a sack, but Shudak's got a long leg. Mm-hmm. Well, figuratively. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know. Didn't we talk about how tall he is? Yeah, not he's sure. not very tall. Okay. But um, but regardless, he kicks the crap out of the ball. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously you don't want to take a sack there, but you do have a timeout. So potentially you can come back and, and do what you need to do to get at least get him. Because I think he's good from, you know, what was it? 112 degrees on the field. Yeah. So, I mean, it was toasty, but I could understand him making 58-yarder. I mean, I, I that doesn't phase my mind of like, I don't think he, no, I think he could. Um, so, it's just unfortunate that he didn't get an opportunity to try and send it in overtime. So, twice throughout this podcast, you've said, you know, credit to Kentucky. They just had the right play at the right time. Um, what game was it? Wisconsin? Wisconsin? I think post game one of their players was like yeah there were multiple times where we got up to the line one of their defensive players um and we knew exactly what they were going to do is that likely what happened against kentucky too question mark i mean it's possible yeah um but i thought we changed it up enough in the second half to move the football again i don't think the problem is really moving the foot i mean don't get me wrong. There were a few three and outs there. Like I said, three and outs, 25 seconds is not, not what you're looking for to put a game away, especially when you're normally in your four-minute offense, um, which essentially four-minute offense is just trying to take four minutes off the clock because <laughs> there's only four minutes left in the game. Um, so, I mean, like that, that you would hope that they don't know what we're running. Right. Sometimes you do because you can use that to your advantage and then you can do you something know, different. Right. Yep. But... Um, you know, I mean, obviously that's not what we're looking for all the time, especially in a crunch time like that. But if we learn anything moving forward, Laporte is a dude blocking and catching the ball. And his touchdown, by the way, he had um, linemen running with him. Like, that's the thing. When linemen are coming off the football, they make the whole game that much easier. Mm. It was a quick screen to Laporta. Um, and Tyler Linderbaum is trying very hard to run stride for stride with Sam Laporta. He was pretty close, too. Yeah. And, I mean, he's got three linemen out there. They're all hauling butt, trying to block somebody. Like, that. It, it, that's a really good sign, especially with their offensive line that everybody harped on that was so young and this, that, and the other thing. Like, they got it there in the second half. It's just a matter of hopefully utilizing this entire spring ball to get ready for next year. So that's a good sign. That and the young running backs. Well, hopefully, I mean, 
yeah, like you said, people, you know, harping on that all season long and then you go into spring and go into fall and hopefully have some kind of a uh, little more solid lineup there at the offensive line. And then the two punch running back, which I was obviously known for. And um, I don't know, bright futures ahead. Everyone can smile looking into 2022. The, I think the biggest question mark is obviously going to be who's going to play quarterback. I think that's the main thing that people are going to talk about. So it'll be interesting kind of what happens in spring. I think that's kind of the same thing that happened last spring. And what's funny is people are going to say in spring, so uh, Coach Ferentz, who's going to be the quarterback? And he's going to say, uh, you know, I guess you'll find out uh, September, what is it, usually like in the night? Either late August or yeah. early September, yeah. And then they'll say in fall ball, so Coach, uh, you know, going into fall camp, who's going to be the quarterback? Oh, well, uh, I guess we'll see when you get to uh, <laughs> late August, kids early day. September, kids day, whatever. Even a kid's day, you still won't know. They'll probably just run Wildcat just just for fun. Whatever. Whatever. Um, so I'm not even going to, we're not even going to do the expectation game. We're not going to do the, what's the word I'm looking for? The what if. The what ifs. We're going we're gonna to do that on this podcast. It's no point. Um, okay. Well, you know, it wasn't the ending that we wanted, of course. Um, I'll tell you what, though. They did put up a fight. They came back down 13-3, came back and fought in the second half. 100%. You like to see it. And, um... I think, too, like there were a lot of little bright spots that we kind of just talked about there, too. Jack Campbell um, had a great game as well. Um, there is some news that just actually came out today. What do you got? Uh, Jack Kerner announced that he's going to the NFL. I did see that. I'm going to tell you something. I already knew that. I knew that like weeks ago. People listening to this podcast might not have. Yeah, but I knew it because of my intel. <laughs> You're giving me that look. Sorry. Okay. Well, either way, I'll tell you what, his backup when Jack Kerner was hurt was an unsung hero on this podcast. So that's also good. See, look at us go. Everybody has a reason to smile. The next, and now obviously we're not going to come out with two a week. We're not going to have previews and recaps moving forward. But next week, might want to tune in. It'll be our Vandenberg Awards Dundee's something podcast <laughs> all right i will do the creative side of things but yeah okay little uh little awards ceremony giving away some awards to our unsung heroes of the year and some other, other things <laughs> other things that we really haven't clearly discussed quite yet so uh tune in for that i i don't know when that's going to come out it's always a surprise that's why you have to be subscribed turn on your notifications for your podcasts and uh and you'll you'll know when it comes out that's that's a surprise like kind of like surprise cheese like we had all season long and i'll tell you what one last thing hopefully everybody made it back home safely we had a big blizzard here in oh iowa gosh. Um, but i'll yeah. tell you what coming home is easier when you work with the bales team at, at urban acres real estate six of us that we can help you out uh, whether it's a blizzard and you can't make it to iowa you know what i'll facetime you i'll walk you through a property i don't care <laughs> i'll help you out no matter what no matter what it is just reach out uh, go to the bales team at urbanacres.com and all six of us will be happy to help you you know matt it's weird uh when january 1 happens on a weekend on a saturday because he's always like you know oh i'm gonna start my diet on monday i'm gonna start whatever working out on monday and then like the new year you have your resolution but you're it's, already two days late it's saturday and it's and then it's sunday and you're kind of just like hanging out maybe you traveled and it's just like ugh. so monday begins the new year i'm gonna declare that right i do declare monday <laughs> and monday is the official beginning of 2022. So if you're getting a late start to your resolutions, hey, same. 
Okay. Uh, just like Laura said, you know, turn on your notifications when we drop that awards episode, whenever that happens to roll through. Hold on, I want to say something. Matt, what's your resolution before we leave? Say it. What's your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to be a better person. You say that every year. Better husband, better father. That's new. That's new. I'm, oh, you know what? I'm going to write a resolution for you. No, 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 no. That's not how these work. This is your New Year's resolution. No. <laughs> to rinse your own dishes and put them in the darn dishwasher on your own. Okay. Stop setting them in the sink so for me then, to do it. Stop setting them. No, no, no. If we're going to do, part, them next to if the if sink. We're gonna do partner resolutions, move your doggone shoes. I don't know how many times I've walked and tripped. I've thrown them downstairs before because I was so mad. So put your shoes away. That's your resolution. And, and yours is the dishes in the dishwasher like a big boy. Dishes and shoes. Great. All right. My New Year's resolution is is to spend less. Know, nobody asked. Is to spend less time <laughs> on my phone and to be more present. That's okay? a good one too. I thought it was a good one. Okay, I hope your new year is starting off the right way on the right foot. It officially begins on Monday, which is today when you're listening to this. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and you know what? Thank you for tuning in for this entire season riding the wave with us I tell you what this has not uh this has not been easy to start up this podcast with a newborn um but we made it work and we made it happen and we appreciate everybody listening and everyone who's reached out and tweeted at us and and whatever and subscribed and listened and blah 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 so thank you guys so so much we appreciate it hawkeye fans are the best we'll see you next week we'll see you next week let's roll go hawks Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.